Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Your hosts are Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, their friends and family with the resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here are your hosts, Sharon and Becky. Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. My name is Becky Olson. I'm a three-time, 20-year breast cancer survivor. I'm also a professional speaker and the published author of The Hat That Saved My Life. And hi, I'm Sharon Hennepin. I'm a 23-year survivor. I'm also a certified life coach and the author of my upcoming book, Thriving Beyond Cancer. We are the co-founders of Breast Friends. And um, most of us, as we have been uh, going through breast cancer, understand that fear that comes around, um, is it going to come back? And so today, some of the things we're going to be talking about will affect that. Today, we're going to explore some possible environmental challenges that may be part of the problem. And, you know, before we actually get on with the show, I have to tell you, I'm looking out my window right now, and it is beautiful blue here in Portland, Oregon. Sky is gorgeous. It's white outside because it's snowed over the last couple of days. The ground is white. I see kids on little sleds going down the hill. It is, it's phenomenal. What a, It's a happy day. It <laughs> is. Love, you know, that, that blue sky makes it all better, doesn't it? It <laughs> does. I love that. Well, today we have a really special guest, and I've had a chance to talk to her over the last couple of days. Her name is Dr. Dr. Cass Brown Capel. Dr. Capel was diagnosed with stage two estrogen negative breast cancer when she was 32 years old, and that was in 1987. She became very interested, and I, I can't wait to find out what triggered this and how the environments um, and all the environmental things that we do and put ourselves through, how that impacts our health. And she believes that if we pay attention to some of the normal American practices, we may be able to reduce recurrence rates and, more importantly, reduce rates of metastatic breast cancer. Please welcome Dr. Cass Brown-Capel. Thanks for being on our show. Well, thank you. Very happy to have you. And also, Dr. Capel and I have a common thing that we do. We're both Pink Power Mom winners. I was in 2009, and Dr. Capel was a Pink Power Mom in 2011, and that's kind of cool. That's a national award, and Sharon, God bless her, actually nominated me for that award. Thank you, Sharon. Oh, wow. <laughs> You're welcome. That was pretty sweet. So. Well, you did raise five kids and go through breast cancer three times, so yeah. I guess you probably <laughs> do qualify in that category. I would say you're a power mom for sure. So let, let's get back to Dr. Capel. Um, why don't you introduce yourself uh, uh, and tell us a little bit about you and your story about being diagnosed? Sure. Well, as Becky said, I was 32 years old and I was diagnosed with uh, breast cancer. And it just wasn't anything that was in my consciousness. And I remember feeling a lump in my chest wall um, pretty high up above my breast, more like two inches below my clavicle. And it was a a game changer, a life changer. And, um, you know, the first surgeon I saw said, who who ordered this mammogram? I never would have ordered this mammogram. You're too young. There's no family history. And voila, here I was, 32 years old and having breast cancer. And Hmm. as the reality sunk in, I thought, wow. You know, I, I don't ever want to have to deal with this again. And I started looking at things differently where a lot of people 
would say, oh, why me? I never said that because I figured it was my unhealthy lifestyle. And I don't, I don't know if I should say this, but I did weird things as a kid, like suck on scotch tape because the glue would come <laughs> off the tape and I could use that for chewing gum because we weren't allowed to have chewing gum. So I was aware that I was exposed to things early on that maybe other people weren't. Mm-hmm. So wait, wait, yeah. let, me, let me see if I understand that. So you used, you used adhesive tape and you chewed on it and got yeah. all the sticky stuff off the back. I just want to make sure I heard that right. Okay, yeah. so kids, do not try this at home. <laughs> yeah, do not, do well, not try this at home. Like, and now like, there's all this. Elmer's stuff. glue doing the same kind of thing. You peel it, you let it dry in your skin, and then you peel it off. And right. I don't know that I ever put it in my mouth, but I wouldn't doubt it if people did that. Well, you know, um, I did, I'm embarrassed to say, and... So I knew, so in a way there's good news in this where other people are saying, why me? I knew I wasn't a saint. I was sort of a um, fast food junkie and a Diet Cola drunk and drinking a <laughs> six-pack of Diet Cola every day, at least a six-pack every day um, starting in the 70s. Wow. Uh, early 70s, well, yeah, early 70s. And then I had two spicy beef burritos, no onions plus cheese, about four days a week. <laughs> And in my mind, I didn't think that was junk food because, you know, it had all the food groups as we knew them. It had some meat, had some cheese, you know, dairy. Had, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> it had the the, uh, the burrito shell, the, the tortilla, and, of course, that, you know, three pieces of tomato, that counts as a vegetable. So <laughs> I thought I was doing pretty well. It's amazing I, what we can justify, isn't it? <laughs> well, I, w- I was just naive. I was yeah. just naive is all. So the good news on that is there was a whole lot I could change to help stack mm-hmm. the chips in my favor of not revisiting this cancer diagnosis. Yeah, And, you know, just to, I don't know if this helps, but I, I know that we've all been through, we all have our things and probably some of us, <clears throat> myself included, still have our, I love salt and vinegar potato chips, and I'm sure they're oh, not yeah. good for me, but, you know, we all have things. Right. Oh, I'm going to sneeze. Oh, bless you. <laughs> Well, thankfully, I have a mute button on my (laughs) microphone. Yeah, good, good. Yeah, we all have things that definitely we can probably eliminate from our diet and and from our habits. Um, But again, that's that's hard because you're right. They are kind of normal American practices that everybody seems to buy into. Right. So, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was just going to ask you a little bit, too. Now, did you have a lumpectomy or mastectomy? or? Well, they called it a partial mastectomy. They took out the top third of my breast. Okay. So they took out the top third, and then I had they took out 14 lymph nodes. My tumor was large. Oh, because of denial, uh, I sat on that, that little pencil eraser thing I found in my chest wall. I sat on it. I found it January 1st, 1987. It didn't come out until February 19th. So, um, but I, I had radiation. I did not have chemo. In 1987, they weren't giving node-negative women chemotherapy. Okay, if I had had yeah. it in 1988, I would have had chemotherapy. Oh, interesting. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. that, that but luckily, it wasn't in your lymph nodes that we know of, right? So right. having the radiation, that local um, blast definitely made the difference, I bet. Well, I I like to think so. I'd hate to say I did it for nothing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So, and then you and your husband had a baby girl, what, 
13 years after your breast cancer? That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, when I was first diagnosed, they said, forget having children. And then at my five-year mark, uh, I asked my radiation oncologist, I said, well, now, you know, it's five years, right? I'm, I'm clear, right? And he looked at me and he shook his head and he says, not with the kind of cancer you had. He said, he said, your tumor was so large and the kind of tumor you had often um, behaves as, as a, um, you know, it can go virulent and, and not unless you're ready for your, um, to raise a child without a mother. So that was a pretty oh. strong message that, um, wow. <clears throat> to let go. And in a way, it wasn't horrible because at that time I was with my first husband and I, I knew I was in trouble, but I didn't know how to get out of it. it you know, there's so much happening at one time. So when I was 40, meanwhile, fast forward, I've been running the breast cancer groups for a breast cancer organization for years, and I was seeing other women get pregnant after breast cancer. So I went and I revisited the scene and looked up some things, and medical science had changed their view somewhat to say where before it was the idea that a pregnancy would almost um, create a new cancer, you know, all the estrogen, because mm-hmm. estrogen's a right. powerful growth um, grower. But they said if you have a cancer in the offings, dormant, it would expedite its appearance, but it's not going to cause a cancer. So here, John and I, I'm 40, we started trying at 40, and of course, fertility treatments were out of the question with my breast cancer history, and uh, and when I was 44, we saw one fertility doctor and who just shook her head and said, I hate to burst your guys' bubbles, but I've... I, I've been doing this 30 years, and I've only seen two couples your ages at that time, 45 and 49, um, just have a spontaneous, you know, achieve conception spontaneously. So we didn't mm-hmm. like what she said, so we went to the next, uh, we did what anyone would do, go get another opinion, because she was wrong, right? right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, exactly. the second fertility doctor was even more bleak, pretty much saying I'd be nuts, um, scare stories out, skip right here. So, uh, but I, I got so mad. He was so rude. I said, I will show him. Now, I know that's not a very holy thought, but I went across the street to the health food store to get an herb I had read about, and they didn't have it, but I started using it two days later, and to make, um, we conceived a week and two days after that appointment. Oh, oh wow. my gosh. And, well, and so at that God point, uh, that was January ninth <laughs> of, of 99, I was... Uh, almost 45 at that point, and I was 45 and eight months when I had Ariana. Oh, what a so, blessing. Oh, and the other thing you that know, we did differently. Because we hear so often, is, you know, women who have gone through chemotherapy who just put, and I know you didn't have chemo, so that was probably very helpful in, in this, but so many women, once they get cancer and they do go through chemo, they lose their fertility because it kind of launches you into early menopause. So right. besides the risk factors, the, you know, there's just the physical inability to conceive. So you were very blessed, my dear, and well, what a, what a I, I didn't blessing to have. This time, um, before we made love, we meditated, and John ended the meditation with, please, God, if we're found willing, uh, sorry, worthy and ready to have a child, could we please be blessed? Oh, that's awesome. Oh, I just got goosebumps. I just got goosebumps. Well, thank you. That was a really intimate story, and we really appreciate you sharing that with us. 
And so. and with that, let's change our focus just a little bit so we really talk about the impact of the environment on potentially getting breast cancer or recurrences. Right. Um, tell, tell us a little bit more about that and how you got involved or interested in that. Well, having breast cancer makes someone feel pretty powerless. So, mm-hmm. as I said before, as long as I thought there were things I could do to change my lifestyle, my diet, my environment to foster a healthy environment so I wouldn't have it, I did it. So it helps, making these changes helps people at least feel like they have some control. And I have to preface what I'm going to say is none of these is a guarantee. There are no guarantees. Um, But the way I like to look at it is every healthful thing I do is one step, it's putting one more chip in the healthy longevity pile. Yeah, you know, that, if that I'm going to be sense. out smoking cigarettes and drinking alcohol every right. day, that's going to be you, taking chips away from that. Yeah, very, very true. Because I know even when people are finished with their cancer, um, I, that is the thing we deal with probably the most. Is like, okay, now, now, how, how can I make sure that that I don't get it again? Right. And and again, it's uh, there are no guarantees, but again, there are some things that we can do. And I was reading a little bit about it, and I'm like, there are 85,000 synthetic chemicals from lipstick to sofas to, right. you know, our pesticides that we use out in the yard to get rid of weeds and things like that. So right. tell, tell, me, tell me what you think you can do, what, what I can do to make well, sure that... First- well, um, environmentally, in terms of, I'll, I'll go into pesticides. You know, pesticides is going to cross over into food, and I know you've covered food before, but there's, there's this, you know, they're, they're connected. So first thing you can do is if there's harsh chemicals in your home, you can get rid of those because many of those have ingredients in them that are hormone disruptors, and they... Uh, are called xenoestrogens, and that's X-E-N-O, estrogens. And they mimic real estrogen, except that they're 50,000 times more potent. Oh, boy. And, <clears throat> I'm sorry? I said, oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, for example, we've heard that, oh, if you use vinegar and water, that's a good cleaner as opposed to XYZ brand. So things like that you can do in your home. Um, one thing I read about is the chlorine, the effects of chlorine and uh, scouring powders that contain chlorine. Please note, I'm not using a brand name here. That breathing that chlorine smell is not is a hormone disruptor. So those are things that we can do. It takes sometimes it takes a little bit more elbow grease, but those are things we can do to help clean up our environment, and especially those of us who have small children at home. You don't want your kids having being exposed to this. Now, in terms of the pesticides, some people will say, oh, I can't afford to eat organic. Well, there's the Environmental Working Group is a nonprofit, and they have a list of the Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15. The Dirty Dozen are the foods that you absolutely 100% should not buy unless they're organically grown. And those okay. are things like berries, all berries, peaches, apples, leaf lettuce, kale. Those are the, the biggie, spinach. Those are things that 
really you need to have, if not organically grown, there's something called organic growers. Like if you go to a farmer's market, you want to stick with the organ- people that have the organic label or they say they're a natural grower, which means they don't use anything artificial in their growing practices and they don't use pesticides, herbicides in their, you know, in, in their farming practices. We actually need to go out to a break, um, and I wanted to kind of rein something back in here for just a moment. So when we come back on the other side of the break, I would really love to find out from you, Dr. Capel. I know a lot of women, they they get something like cancer, and the very first thing that they do or the Sometimes even the only thing they do is they, they think about nutrition and you talked yep. about organic foods and they talk about exercise as being the only things that they can do. And right. I know that you're focused out, you know, more external. And I would love to hear the story of how, what, what was it that made you turn this around and think about the external things, not just your diet, not just the, you know, the sodas that you were drinking, but just in general, what, what happened in your life that made you go that direction. So we're going to take a short break and we'll pick that up on the other side when we come back. And so stay tuned, stay with us. We'll be back in a couple minutes and we'll hear the rest of the story. A fresh look at today's health, Voice America Health and Wellness. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states, giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. We've been talking about how the environment impacts a cancer recurrence with Dr. Uh, Cass Brown uh, Capel. And so let's kind of pick up where we were leaving off. Becky, you were asking um, Dr. Capel something on the break. So, why don't you, you yeah. ask that for me? Okay, I will. And, you know, so many times when, when a woman is diagnosed with something like this, and I think I mentioned this before the break, we tend to focus kind of more inwardly, what can we do 
to our bodies that will maybe help reduce our recurrence. And we tend to focus on, you know, eating healthy foods and, you know, drinking healthy things and then getting exercise and and all of that. And all of that obviously is very, very important. But something in you clicked. I mean, you're doing those things too, but something in you clicked a little bit different direction and you began to look more outwardly at some of the things in our environment. How did that happen and, and how did that come to be? Do you mind sharing that? Sure. <clears throat> I I sought mainstream therapy at at a major HMO and but I wasn't having the sense that it was enough. And at a friend's urging I sought out the expertise of a physician who's a licensed M D <clears throat> and the kind of doctor she is, I'll say it and then I'll say it more slowly, it's anthroposophic doctor. Anthro Spell that, anthro. It's an anthro, like study of man. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the po is, but the sophic is a philosophy. And this kind of medicine looks at the whole person. They don't just look at them like an automobile that needs to have a tire changed, a broken tire, let's fix it. They don't compartmentalize us as humans. They look at the whole person. They look at the effects of stress. The doctor actually asks questions about our marriage, um... They look at the whole being, anthroposophical medicine, and it started in Germany uh, with Rudolf Steiner, I think. So uh, this doctor I saw, she kind of blew me out of the water a little bit because she talked about things like rest. And mm-hmm. um, it's like, because I was a human doing all the time. And <laughs> yeah, and, and then she gave me a kind of, you know, the, a diet, which was a little bit different, but she said to not use the microwave. And and then um, the perfumes, she let me know that, because I'd squirt on my cologne, right? That's what you do. And so she she was the one that really opened my eyes to, gee, everything we put on our skin goes into our system and can affect our immune system. Well, I don't think we really see it that way most of the time unless you really think about it, but that's that's what they're supposed to do. You put on these lotions and it gets into your skin and makes it soft and supple, but how right. is it doing that? You know, right. so, wow. Yeah, there's things like these um, parabens and other things that are chemicals that aren't healthful. When Save Ourselves started years ago, people came up to us and said, it's the lead in the lipstick because back then in 91... Actually, lead was put in lipstick, so it glides on. That's what would make it glide on. Oh, my. Really? Wow. So, so there's all these. So with our, our cosmetics, we, we really have to pay attention to what's in the labels and, um, and also our cookware, you know, to avoid plastics. These plastic bottles are, even the hard plastic bottles aren't good. And when we cook, we should just use stainless steel or glass containers. And You, you know what? Store. I have to say something. Can I just jump in real quick? You and yeah. I talked a little while ago, and you talked to me about lead in, in nonstick cookware. And I wasn't. I, I just found it so hard to believe that they actually do that. So I went online between that conversation and our and our show going live, and I yeah. researched it a little bit. And, oh, my gosh, yes, there is lead in our nonstick cookware. And they're saying that, you know, as long as it's, if you don't heat it too high and it's not peeling or cracked, 
you know, you might be able to get away with it. But if you have a choice, to your point, stainless steel or glass is about the only thing you can get that doesn't have that kind of stuff in it. So I owe you an apology for that, my friend. <laughs> I well, was just no, so There's no need to shocked. apologize. Actually, yeah, so there's still things <clears throat> in there that um, you, d- you just can't be too careful. Like sometimes the people say, oh, well, um, you know, I-, I can drink out of a plastic bottle one time because they say just use it one time. Well, the question is, how is that bottle... Transport, uh, transported to the store. Was it in a cool truck? Was the truck, was there just plastic over the bottles in the truck? So by the time the plastic bottle, even after you get it home and you keep it away from sunlight, you still could be getting some of the, it's called bisphenol A, they say BPAs, bisphenol A can be leached from the plastic in the bottle into the water and we drink it. Yeah. And then when you when you have a water bottle like in your car, you know a lot of people do, especially in the in the warmer climates. You get a bottle of water out of your refrigerator; it's brand new. You pop the seal, you drink it, you take it with you, and you leave it in your car all day because yep. it's hot. And then that heat doesn't that something the heat has something to do with releasing those BPA's into the into the water? Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah. So is there a safe kind of container that a person can use um, for that purpose? Glass. Purest, okay. Purest. <laughs> We'll say glass. Okay. If you, and some of those glass bottles are expensive, mm-hmm. but that's the best bet. But okay. you know what? You, send, you still have to look at the lid because, for example, True. I have this water bottle, and it has this metal lid, and I'm wondering, I wonder what metal is in this lid because then my mm. lips touch the, the lip of the glass bottle. So, what I'm, so this kind of thing can make a person crazy if you're not careful, and it will certainly yeah. make the family members of the mm-hmm. cancer patient crazy. I can guarantee yeah. that. So, <laughs> you've, had, you've had experience with that, I take it. <laughs> oh, that, yeah. Um, so, so we want to be cautious but not, like, make ourselves crazy in this process because, you know, they say nothing's good for you but everything in moderation, right? I, I mean, I don't know. I'm sure there's some things that you don't even want in moderation. but Well, um, we had a researcher come from UC Davis speak to our group last a year ago, November, and his whole point was you know, the issue about alcohol and breast cancer. Mm-hmm. He says no alcohol. Mm. No alcohol. And, you know, we've heard, oh, no more than three drinks a week and all that. He's saying it's been labeled a carcinogen by two major agencies by the government. Even red wine? <laughs> no. <Bummer. laughs> well, what do they put on those grapes, you know? And anyway, so besides caterpillars. But um, so, yeah, so you just, you have to be aware. And when you can, if you can get a glass bottle, get a glass bottle. And in this case, until I know what's in my metal lid, I'm going to say get a glass bottle with a plastic lid than um, the metal lid. But um, before that, I had a big old stainless steel, you know, one of those canteen bottles. But the question is, is that completely stainless steel or is, it, is there a blend mm. in the steel? So wow. just, if you go with glass, there's, you're, you're safe. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And and again, like you were saying, you know, um, everything needs to be kind of, you, you have to make a conscious choice. And I think that's what it comes down to is understanding right. we're not going to be able to get away 
from all of our environmental toxins. Um, right. It's just part of living in an industrialized, you know, community. But right. at the same time, we can make different choices that can reduce our risks. And I think bottom line, that's where it comes down to. And, and it is kind of disappointing because, you know, I guess uh, part of my dilemma is, is my naivety, like you were saying, uh, we think that, oh, well, we have a, a FDA, isn't this FDA approved or, right, you know, right. they, they're looking over our, our chemicals in different things. So, so why are we so concerned about this? Why aren't they looking more into these things? Well, that, if you're asking that question, that there's a whole nother chapter on <laughs> a um, whole nother show. Huh? <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. The politics and all that. So, yeah. but I'll tell you some things that we can do as individuals here is when you buy your food, buy clean food, when you, for example, people use those air fresheners in their home, that's something that should be rethought or use some kind of natural air freshener, but not one of those things that you stick on the wall because those have formaldehyde in it and something else that aren't good. Um, Oh, here's one, hairspray. How many of us, I mean, most of us don't use aerosol anymore, but we still have the hair mousse, I, you know, the, the hair glue that keeps your hair in place. So what I tell people, if you're going to use it, take a breath, spray it on, and then walk away, you know, away from where you sprayed it so you're not inhaling those plastic oh. particulates. Yeah, okay. that's a really good idea. So really that's good idea. a minor example of things. I'm not saying go live in a monastery with just cotton clothing and, and nothing else. <laughs> but... And also, if you're going to use perfume, know that most perfumes and colognes are hormone disruptors. So, if mm. you, But if you have to use them, and I still use it sometimes, but I don't put it on my skin. I put it on my hair. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so I was taught are, a long time ago, spray it in the air and walk under it kind of thing. Right. You know, yeah, so it's not a direct breathe. contact. Yeah, don't right. breathe. <laughs> yeah, I remember in college, <laughs> you spray it in the air, yeah. flip your head, do that thing that causes whiplash. And yeah. um, so those are <laughs> minor things. And with your cosmetics, there are different brands of cosmetics, and I won't name brands here, that there's one brand in particular that's made in Germany that it, their philosophy is you can eat it. Okay, hmm. that's and, safe. And uh-huh. the issue is if, if, it, if, it's, if you can eat it, then it's healthy enough to put on your skin. Well, I'm okay with saying a name of something really healthy. Why don't you? Can, do you know what that company, what that brand name well, it's is? Dr. It's Dr. Hauschka, and I don't own stock okay. in it and all that. It's, and it's okay. spelled funny because it's a German H A U S C H K A. Okay, so if somebody wants to, can you order it online or how do you get that? You can get it here in certain mainstream health food stores. Okay. Okay. It, it's not so like anything. We would advise that you do your research on it and make sure yeah. that it's not, you know, just being stated that way, but it's actually true. But yeah, I think anytime we can come up with a good product, you know, you you really open my eyes on something here that kind of scares me a little bit. You know how when you buy a sofa, like a fabric sofa, and you spray yeah. it with like stain protector or Scotch Guard or whatever that stuff is yep. that they spray on it to keep the stains away, and then you take naps on your couch. <laughs> Are you yeah. are you breathing that? That doesn't sound very good, does it? 
No, like maybe- no. And when you're spraying it, I hope you have a mask on. I mean, these are things. These are minor things. To each little, each of these little suggestions are just little tiny suggestions. But I would like to think adding them all up that mm-hmm. you would be helping well, to create a safe yeah. environment for yourself. It's just saying ounces turn into pounds, right? So. Um, yeah, every little bit helps, I'm sure. Well, that, yeah, you don't think about, you know, things like lipstick and sofas. And I mean, they're so different. And yet it's a part of our everyday life. And, and well, wow. Doctor, <laughs> the doctor I saw told me wear only natural fibers. <clears throat> so silk, cotton, wool. And, okay. you know, again, when I was diagnosed, I was not the picture of health. I had a quite a nice array of poly this and poly that. And have my two spicy beef burritos on plus cheese and my six-pack of Diet Cola. And <laughs> watching way too much television, I wasn't living life. You know, I wasn't, ugh. So, and so natural fibers. So I wear just natural fibers now. And my sheets, they have to be 100% cotton. And then on NPR last year, they had some show on there about people that work in acetate factories have this much higher rate of cancer. So, mm, wow. And so think about the babies that are wearing these fire retardant pajamas. What mm. chemicals are in those? Boy, stuff you just don't even think about. This yeah. Sharon, I'm really I'm really kind of blown away by everything she's telling us. What do you think? This is Well, absolutely. It's it, you know, I guess the thing is, it's overwhelming to me because it's like kind of you're damned if you do, damned if you don't sort of thing. And right. um, because there are no guarantees, like we said earlier on in the show. And right. so if there was just like one thing that I could tackle today, what what single thing would you suggest that I start with? To change? Yes, to change. Well, the problem, Sharon, is I don't, I don't know your lifestyle. Well, true, 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 true. So, but I mean, if if there is there one that like really bubbles up to the top, is it would be the organic food kind of things? Like you mentioned the the berries, for instance, be, and that's right. because they have a soft outside, and the chemicals can can leach into the fruit. Isn't isn't that why that we kind of need to stay away from not organic? That, that makes sense to it, and also berries have more surface area or something. I don't know the actual whys behind it. I, I just read the list, the do's and the don'ts. Okay. So there's so many things. If we're going to go environmental, uh, this is a tough one. I guess I'd get rid of all toxic cleaning. Cleaning products. Yeah. And, and, okay, and, that's and a no, good idea. And no perfumes on your skin. Okay. So let's go back to the toxic cleaning supplies. Is there a brand that you're familiar that you're aware of or familiar with that doesn't have toxins in it that would be a safe alternative? Um, yes, there's one called Botanic Gold, okay. and it's made out of colloidal minerals. And what's nice is you can brush your teeth in it, you can wash your dogs in it, you can wash your body in it, you can wash your dishes in it, your floors. If you have ants on the counter, it, it takes care of ants. Oh, wow. Um, so huh. there's one. Isn't that interesting? And also for general cleaning, just vinegar, okay. white vinegar. Yeah, I bought a big old gallon of that because my daughter, um, a year or so ago, I think it was for Christmas, maybe last year or the year before, gave me 
natural cleaning products, and that's what it was. It was a little bit of lemon and and uh-huh. uh, vinegar and water, I think. So yeah, wow. Well, that's really good good information, and you know, because there there's I guess before I would throw everything away, I'd I'd want to have replacements on hand. So, you've given me some ideas of things to look for. Can you get can you get this botanic gold in like any grocery store, or do you have to go to a health food store no, to get it? No, unfortunately, that and by the way, I'm not a distributor of it. That it is Thank a you. distributorship, but I I'm not a distributor. Um, okay, you'd probably have to go okay. to a website. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all. That's great information. So, um, so there's also things like pet products. You know, the stuff that we wash our dogs in, the flea sprays and things like that. How? What can we do to make sure we keep the fleas at bay and not kill our pets in the process? Well, there is one product called Flea Busters, and it's they have a different philosophy. What you do is you treat the environment. You put this powder down, it's borax and something else, and you put it down in your carpet and you kind of mash it in. You have to, the problem is you have to get everything off the floor because fleas will creep under the couch kind of thing. But um, <clears throat> Sorry for the fog in my throat. So you put down this white powder, mash it in, and I'll let it sit for two days, and then you vacuum it up every other day for two weeks. The idea is the fleas don't really live on the animal. They go on the animal, they take a bite, and they drop off into the carpet. Uh-huh. So by treating the carpet, you'll treat the fleece. And okay. it has a guarantee on it. Um, it used to be where you had to hire a technician, a flea buster technician to come in. It was $150. Mm-hmm. Now they make it much more user-friendly. You don't have to have a technician. You get to do it. So, <laughs> um, And then for washing the dogs, you know, fleas, I think any most soaps are going to kill the fleas anyway. You don't have to go. I would not use the uh, flea dip shampoos because it's chemicals. You know, when I think again, right. how do I get breast cancer at at 32? <clears throat> I had these two cute little Pekingese dogs. Well, what I used to do is um, I'd fill up a clean garbage can. They were small. They were 14-pound dogs with the water and the flea dip, and I would just hold them in there with their nose out, of course, and soak it that way. And my arms aren't, I didn't use gloves, so I'm getting a good dose of pesticides. Right. You know, the right. Yeah. So the things like yeah. that, and, and I used to, have, have you ever used Clorox or one of those cleaners without gloves, and the next day your skin is, yeah. cr- Feels is crawling? Kind of, I did yeah. that right. all the time. Yeah, you know what? We need to actually take another break. So um, we are. It's time for that. So we will be back on the other side of the break. We'll kind of pick this up where we left off, and then we will uh, close it out. So um, stay with us. We'll be right back in a couple minutes. Thanks. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health and Wellness. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When was the last time you felt... 
free. It's time to uncover that feeling, again, with the compassion of a cross and shield, and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance, like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Thanks for coming back. Um, We've been talking about how the environment can impact our recurrence rate for breast cancer with Dr. Cass Brown-Capel. So we we just wanted to touch one more topic, and that is like weed killers and yard products and things like that before we jump right into the... um, are everyone's worst nightmare, metastatic disease. So what would you suggest, uh, Dr. Capel, about the weed killers and things like that? Is there something specific we can change for that? Well, I think, you, you know, Roundup is out. In fact, out. they're putting okay. Roundup in some vaccines now, the active ingredient in that. Um, so there are organic... If you go to your nursery, they have these organic compounds that you can use. I know for me with my garden, I use, I go and I get ladybugs to keep the bugs, you know, that ladybugs eat the aphids or companion gardening. Like if you plant marigolds around a lot of your crops, that the marigolds emit something that keeps, it's a natural deterrent. In terms of, you know, with fertilizing the lawn, I, I'd have to look that up online. Okay. So I Do you know what the chemical of- is itself that's, I mean, I know you mentioned the product Roundup, and it's probably not just the product, it's it's the chemical in particular. Do you know what that chemical is yeah, so we can... Yeah, gluca, oh gosh, that, I'll find it in a minute, but yes. Okay, okay. Yeah, Okay, right. good. Um, so we do want to read product labels regardless of oh, the brand, because Gly- companies change. Gly- and, you know, com- it's the active ingredient is Gly, G-L-Y, phosphate, P-H-O-S-A-T-E. Okay, okay. Thank you. So That's we don't. We want to avoid products with that chemical in it, particularly. Right. Okay. Cool. Okay. All right. Thanks. So. Um, okay. So. Else. If you're a painter, oh, go ahead. You know, a lot of the oil paints have heavy metals in them. So mm-hmm. take precautions so you're not breathing the fumes of your oil paint. It has like cadmium in it, and so even a fun hobby like art can have these environmental consequences. I'll be wow. I know, it's crazy. Any, anything wrong with karaoke or dancing? <laughs> no, that's great. Probably not. I do love to sing, but... Unless it's in a smoky bar. <laughs> yeah, well, they don't have that in Oregon anymore, and I yeah. guess if somebody has bad germs and you use their microphone after their lips have been on it, I guess that could be gross, but... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, all right. No, so we, as we, so you know, we're going to shift gears. Find something let's shift that makes your soul so. sing. An activity okay. where you can lose yourself, that you're completely absorbed, and usually it involves some kind of creative process, and it can be singing, 
dancing, movement, gardening, art, some kind of crafts, but something that ignites your inner circuitry. Yeah. You know, I all like of that. us have some one thing. We don't always know what it is. Sometimes we have to look for it. Yeah, I agree with that. We call so, that the twinkle. You yeah, know, when there's something like that. that you do <laughs> and it makes you twinkle, that's that's what you're doing the right thing. So I like that. That's awesome. I like that. Good advice. Good advice. So, um, Sharon, you had some questions you wanted to ask her about metastatic um, and what happens. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, what we've been talking about are ways that we can um, perhaps reduce our risks around getting a recurrence. But again, everybody's worst nightmare is that recurrence that maybe is metastatic. Right. And uh, so we want to talk to you from, you're, you're actually a counselor as well, I understand. Is that right? A psychologist. A psychologist. Okay. And so share with us some of the emotional impacts um, from, from, from your perspective when you're dealing with metastatic patients. Wow. I have Big a question. Huh? Of, yeah, this is. <laughs> sounds like it might be a whole show. <laughs> I will tell you that. Um, I, I have a group of women that are about, uh, there's 17 women in the group, but about eight come per week, per session, which is twice a month. And when someone is newly diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer or has traveled to their bones, brain, liver, lung, or just some lymph nodes in the vicinity, it's devastating because it means whatever they did in the beginning, it didn't, it didn't work, cancer's back, it has taken up residence and has spread. Mm-hmm. And it's very normal for people to start um, thinking their final days are near. And I will yeah. just want to share two things. One is women can far outlive their prognoses. I have one woman that's been coming since 2001 with bone mets, bone metastases. And in terms of this group of women with metastatic breast cancer in our population are the most underserved, under-recognized heroes of breast cancer. Imagine waking up every day knowing that there's this uninvited intruder in your house, in your body, and you can't make it go away. You can't just say, I'm not interested, thanks. And it's there, and yet you still have to get up, get dressed, and, and do life every day. And when you have that, you have a choice. You can go into... I'm going to die mode. Or you can say, well, as long as I'm living, I'm living with this disease. I'm not dying with it. So I have learned so much from these women on how they live their life. I'm just in absolute awe of these women. Mm -hmm. You know, we've had very similar circumstances and and, situations here at Breast Friends because we, as you, you know, we we work with women all across the gambit of different stages of breast cancer. And I myself, when my third diagnosis hit, it was considered, uh, it was, they said it was consistent with metastatic disease. So I know, I know what you're talking about, that, that fear that this thing's in me and how do I make it go away? And, and yeah. I'm going to just share this because I, I, if it can give hope to any listener out there right now, um, that was my third battle. And I had the only thing they could do for me was radiation because chemo had failed me. And yeah. it was in a spot where they could not surgically remove it. 
So all we could do was radiation, and that was in 2009. And I've been going in for PET scans on an annual basis ever since, and now they can find absolutely no evidence of cancer in my body. Uh-huh. Now, I know, and I, that, it, it, it gives me chills too. But I also know or think in the back of my head somewhere, someday, sometime, it may come back. Right. But I don't, I don't live with that. I, I know it, and I know it kind of instinctively, but, but not today. You know, it's not coming back exactly. today. And so today, if I can get up and I can go out and do all those things that, you know, we need to do in our everyday life, if I can go to a karaoke place and sing. And I sing, <laughs> in, a, I sing in a band now, too, which is very cool. Wow. Um, but as long as we're, we can do those things, you know, we, we can continue to live our life. And I figure if it does come back, my body will tell me when it's time to stop. My heart is not going to tell me, and my head is not going to tell me. It's going to be my body physically saying, nope, not today. So, That's right. You know, and, and right. I, I just think we need to kind of all understand and recognize that, that it's, it's there and it's real, but it's not the end of everything. Well, that's what I want to share is, um, and it's very powerful what you've shared, Becky. Thank uh, you. Dr. Emmett Merp. Uh, Miller spoke on one of his uh, CDs. He said one of the worst things that a doctor can tell a patient is you have cancer or you have metastatic cancer because it it makes it sound like it's a final diagnosis, a final destination. He says what would be more appropriate would be to say your body is cancering right now. So if your body is cancering right now, you could... Mm -hmm. Your body could start uncancering, and again, that goes into these women that do all these holistic and natural things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you need to um, a lot of the traditional medicines to stop the cancer in its tracks, but you can start creating a space in an internal environment in your body so cancer cells won't feel welcome. Mm-hmm. I like that. Kick them to the curb. (laughs) By adding oxygen to your body, cancer doesn't like oxygen. So when you're singing, you're bringing in all kinds of oxygen. When you're walking briskly, you're bringing in oxygen. Cancer cannot live in a fully oxygenated environment. It likes the anaerobic environment. I love that. That's inspiring. What you can do to make your internal system inhospitable to cancer cells. So if one appears, which they will, there's nothing there to support it. Yeah, nothing to feed it, so it goes away. Because, I mean, our body's immune system is supposed to do that, you know, and when you strengthen your immune system and it's allowed to do its job, we all have potential for cancer cells. It's just a a little mutated cell that goes, that continues to mutate. Well, if your body's functioning properly, it chokes off that mutated cell and it goes away. and at least that's my understanding of it, but when it doesn't function properly and that cell is allowed to continue to grow is when we really start to see some some difficulty. Listen, we're going to run out of time. So before we okay. do, I would like you to tell us just very quickly um, about Save Ourselves. What is it and what do you mean by Save Ourselves and how can people reach you um, for more information? Okay. And I know that's a big bunch and you got about two minutes to do it. Okay. Um, let me start with the contact information first. Okay. Our, um, we have a 24-hour helpline for the cancer community, and that is 
Okay. That's if you want to talk to somebody about your cancer situation. Okay. Our local number, 916-786-HOPE, H-O-P-E, which is 4673. Okay. We have a website. I think they're not doing the W's anymore. It's save, S-A-V-E, hyphen, ourselves, dot org. Mm-hmm. Okay. The way we started was a group of mostly younger women were concerned that not enough was being done for the cancer community, breast cancer community. And we sat around and we said, you know, somebody should do something. It took us a while to realize that we could be that somebody. Exactly. uh, So we started and the way we got our name is uh, our two co-founders had very bleak prognoses and their health plan was bulking, and so she realized it's up to her to save herself, and she'd like save ourselves, S-O-S, to call for help, and it is up to her, in her case, and her partner's, her friend's case, to save ourselves. So we promote a positive, taking a positive, proactive participation in all aspects of our treatment. Excellent. Well, we, you know what, we're at, we're out of time. I'm so sorry. But if for people that want to learn more about with their organization, you can go to their website, or you can call their number. And we really so appreciate you, Dr. Capel, for taking the time to be with us today. Um, You know, I know that you're a nonprofit and Breast Friends is also a nonprofit. So before we do close, I want to let people know if you have enjoyed this show today and we're hoping that you did. We get a lot of downloads every month. So if you enjoy the show and you would love to see us continue on doing what we're doing, please go to to breastfriends.org. Click on the big blue button that says donate and give as much as you can because that this show costs us quite a bit of money to be on it. <laughs> and we would love to have your support so we can continue to do that. So we, we, we have to go now and we will be back next week. Until then, remember, there is always hope and we're here to help you find it. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Please join Sharon Hannafin and Becky Olson again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. There is always hope, and we'll help you find it. We'll talk again next time.